Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager at Headwear USA. I'm joined today by three other lovely guests. Uh, but before we get into those folks, uh, I do have a little bit of information to share with you guys. Uh, our podcast is brought to you today by Turvis Line. Uh, Turvis has been around since 1946, starting with their classic line. Sleek Styles makes for the perfect, uh, makes this perfect for an active and on-the-go lifestyle. Turvis is the original double-walled insulated drinkware that keeps drinks cold uh, and reduces constant, uh, condensation backed by a made for life guarantee. Tervis is the original customizable double walled insulated, uh, drinkware that keeps drinks hot, cold drinks, cold available in several sizes, including a sippy cup, wine glasses, uh, both stemmed and stemless 10 ounce wavy 16 ounce mug, 16 ounce and 24 ounce tumblers and 24 ounce water bottles. They're made from Triton plastic made in America, lifetime warranty, dishwasher safe, microwave safe and BPA free. Check them out at tervispromos.com for more information. Now, I'm brought to you, or brought with you, uh, joined today Here. by uh, three lovely folks. <laughs> Meg Gerber, you heard her hey. time in, so we'll go to her. Meg Gerber from SNS Activewear, say hello. Hey, down in uh, South Carolina, sunny South Carolina. Yeah, some some folks actually take vacations. Is that uh, is that unreal or what? Mm. I just had to get away, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Needed some time away. Stephen McFadden, perfect promotions and more. How are you doing? Sunny North Carolina, just just north of <laughs> Meg right now. I, hey, guess, how are you? I guess I guess everybody's in the Carolinas today, huh? Rich Patterson, how are you doing? Hey, hey everybody, good to be here. I'm on the other coast, the left coast, oh, rainy, the west coast, rainy Vancouver, BC, Canada today. Oh, one of our northern friends, huh? You bet. That's why I got the <laughs> Bob and Doug oh. our, our, uh, tribute to our wonderful astronauts and a tribute to Canadian's finest entertainers, Bob and Doug McKenzie behind me. Very nice. So I guess that must, must mean that we're talking a, a little bit about uh, the, the Northern Brethren uh, and their perspective on uh, the current situation that's happening right now in our world. Yeah. I hope so. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's it. a, 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 a. Right. Meg, thank you for correcting me. You are so correct. And I apologize. A get it right. All right. Uh, so, Stephen, uh, I'm going to kick yeah. it to you just to, to maybe uh, start things off and maybe ask a few questions to Rich. But, well, actually, let me let me start with Rich and just have you give us a brief introduction of yourself sure. uh, and sort of your background in the industry and uh, just maybe two to three minutes. And then, Stephen, if you want to maybe ask the first question or two, we can we can go on from there. Oh, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure uh, to be here this morning. I appreciate it. You guys asking me. And uh, my name is Rich Patterson, my small distributorship. ASI member is called Patterson Brands, and we are five people here in Vancouver, BC, Canada. We have clients mostly in the Pacific Northwest, but really all across North America. And uh, we do mo what most distributors do, but we seem to concentrate on sort of high-end design, high-end apparel, branded apparel, Hollywood North Productions, uh, event management, big-time conferences, events. And that kind of stuff, which I'll get into later why that's a terrible client group to have right now. But that <laughs> seems to be 
unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, where we found ourselves in the last 15 years. And I have been in this industry for almost over 20 years. I was a one brand guy for a long time. I got introduced to this when I worked for a company called Roots Canada. If anybody's familiar with Roots, it's a major yeah. uh, Canadian powerhouse brand. And uh, I did a bunch of roles inside of Roots. And then I saw this side of the business at Roots where they were selling uh, direct to end users. Corporate wholesale, we called it at that time. And I started selling just oodles and buckets of Roots stuff, sweatshirts and beret caps and everything in the mid and late 90s that was popular at Roots we were selling. And that's how I got introduced to it. And I, I fell in love with the creative side of this business and dealing with customers. Uh, I had a great customer group and eventually enough customers said, Rich, you know, we like buying Roots from you and that's all good. We'd still like to do that. But can you get us like a StormTech jacket or can you get us these great mugs or pens or whatever? And eventually I had to say to myself, yes, of course, why wouldn't I? So that's how it started. 20, uh, 1999, 21 years ago. Wow. Nice. A quick question. What was, yeah. Do you remember the first promotional product that you ever sold? Ooh. I'm sure it was, again, it was a Roots thing just because that was the waters I swam in at that time. And I'm sure it was a sweatshirt. I think it was okay. like 500. Oh, that's a good order. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think it was leather jackets. I think it was 500 leather jackets for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called The Sixth day does that sound right does oh, anybody yeah. remember it yeah that's right? that's an even better order 500 yeah. leather jackets yeah. i'd take that yeah. that was pretty take cool it led to a great story i don't want to but it led to a great story where un unusually i got actually invited to the premiere of the the, the movie and i went there and uh, my wife said i'll go get seats and she goes to get seats and i go get the popcorn and when i'm coming down the thing with i got the popcorn and all the drinks i'm like geez there's some big dude talking to my wife looks like he's hitting on her <laughs> Then the guy leaves and I get up there and, and I say, Shannon, who? she goes, that was Arnold. He was totally <laughs> hitting on me. That was great. <laughs> awesome story. One for the ages and I missed it. That's <laughs> oh, wow. awesome. That's cool. She sent you I mean, to hear awesome, your popcorn but... on purpose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, I want to talk to him. You go get the popcorn. But yeah. That was the start of it. And uh, it's been a great ride. And this has been a very tricky situation, which I know we'll talk about today. And, and I know myself and, and, and my colleagues up here in Canada, we've not been immune to it. It's very, very concerning and, uh, you know, we're trying to do our best. So, yeah. Well, I think that gets us into, you know, the heart of the conversation we wanted to have. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussions about COVID over the past few weeks and all of it really, you know, most of our conversations related to how it affected us in the United States. And I think, you know, when we, you know, I've been a lot, part of other groups with other business owners and they're in Canada and I'll say something and they look at me like I'm crazy. You know, they're like, you're open in this area or you're, what, what are you doing for subsidies and how does this work? And, yeah. and so I just realized there's a, there's a huge market in Canada and it's completely different. And so I just thought you'd, you'd be a good uh, person to share with us, you know, what's going on up there? You know, obviously, <laughs> you know, we, we only know so much and, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's focused in their territories, but I think it's appropriate for us to acknowledge uh, the differences and, some of the challenges people have, you know, both selling north and south of the, of the border. So. Sure. No, I appreciate it. And, and I think we should start off by acknowledging, I think there's actually a lot more similarities than there are differences mm, okay. on both sides of the borders. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just different names and, and terminology, but up here we have provinces and territories, not states. And uh, it really is different depending on what part of the country and some parts of the country, Canada have been really hard hit. 
and their uh, regional, local, and, and the provincial, like our state governments have reacted differently. And we've had pure lockdowns. And I know those lockdowns have affected some of my supplier friends as well as some of my distributor friends. And then we've had some suppliers, just like in the U.S., who uh, either were, immediately were deemed essential services because they produced some sort of fabric mask or something. They were a, a, mm. a PPE producer, or they almost immediately pivoted to become a PPE producer, and then they were able to, to stay in business. And a great example of this is Kathy Chang at uh, Redwood Classics, if you know Kathy. Um, uh, she's a fantastic person. Her father started Wingsong Garments, and I've known that family for almost 30 years now and uh, yeah she's been making masks this whole time and pivoted right away so she was stayed open some of our other suppliers uh, in Ontario that's the province of Ontario they had to close right away and they've been just reopened in the last seven or ten days wow. so it's been quite quite striking yeah so now are you guys oh, oh go ahead Nick. yeah Sorry. yeah that's fine. No, oh, no, I was going to say, when I was up in New Jersey, I mean, the, the difference between New Jersey right now and South Carolina is literally night and day. I, it's, I walked in somewhere to pick up my dinner the other day and I was waiting in line and nobody had masks on and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. <laughs> but just because we're just so surrounded by the environment and, and the environment is drastically different in, in New Jersey right now and North Carolina. So I'm wondering... I don't even think that they're even open yet. Like obviously the essential personnel, but no dining, indoor dining. I don't even know if they're doing outdoor dining yet, but down here it's like, yeah, bring me another beer. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've definitely seen that up here too. And uh, I think up in BC, now that's the province I'm in, we're bordered right with Washington state. So Seattle, Washington is about a three hour drive away. And I think um, initially our political leaders and our bureaucratic leaders got quite scared for to say it simply because Washington state had quite an initial outburst of mm -hmm. cases. So we yeah. had a pretty severe kind of, it was voluntary, but pretty much a voluntary lockdown here where businesses were closed, restaurants were closed, bars were closed. And uh, in my small business, I chose to encourage everybody to work from home. I mean, there's only, well, there was five of us, but we're down to two and a half now. And, uh, and I was the only one that was coming into the office daily. And, I, and I've continued to do that just sort of because I want to, I want to be here. I think the energy is necessary if I'm by myself. It's completely safe. And there is still a little bit of business going on, which we can talk about later. There's a few good news things happening, but for the most part, it's slow, okay. very slow. Yeah. Good. So one of the, one of the differences I've heard about, and maybe you can kind of allude to this, but um, in, as it relates to PPE sales, um, you know, I know, you know, here it, it, it seemed as though it was more of a free for all, you know, whoever it was, it was a battle of availability more so than relationships or price. You know, if you had it, you could sell it. Um, and I do know talking with a few folks that are in Canada, a lot of, there was a lot of PPE that was done through the government, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I don't know how did that, if you shifted with PPE, or if you know of other distributors that did that, was was there less opportunity for you to battle in that space, or is it is it the same? I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. I think it it is the same, but I think you uh, I think we're in very similar boats. But I think you touch on one difference is that our uh, government sources seem to secure their own channels, and that therefore we were sort of left alone to our own devices. If if you know what I mean, there was yeah. not a ton of competition there. 
Um, but I, and I totally want to throw this open for us all to discuss. I did personally feel as a small distributor, a lot of pressure at the start when business like say by Mar middle of March business had just dropped off like a cliff. And I felt a lot of pressure to pivot and what are you going to do? What's the right thing to do? And how are you going to chase some new business and keep some churn going, if you know what I mean? And PPE was definitely on the radar. And initially I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to, first I thought I'm not going to do it at all. Uh, it's like, I almost thought of it like fidget spinners. And I know that's making very light of it because they're much more important, the PPE role. But I just thought, I don't want to get in there because it's just a race to the bottom. Then I slowly started to warm up to it, but I thought I'll take my time. And I did, I waited and I bided my time because just, I think the same as you guys were seeing, there was like tons of channel interruption and delivery interruption and crazy pricing all over the place. And, and like Stephen said, if you could get it, you could sell it, but could you get it? And I didn't want to go out to market to the few clients that I knew wanted it. So I was getting demand. That was the other side, but I was getting some pressure from clients, but I didn't want to go to them until I had it. So I waited, I bet you a good four or five weeks until I was ready to say, okay, look, I'm going to post it on a web shop. I've got some supply. I bought the inventory and I'm ready to start selling it. And we did that because again, we had a few healthcare security companies and Hollywood North clients that were demanding it. And, and it actually has worked out quite well for us. So it's, it's a bit of a good news story. It's a good strategy. So are you still only taking, basically taking orders on that stuff? Or are you now actively trying to push it because uh, of the success that you've had? Both. Yeah, we put it on a web shop. We didn't widely circulate the web shop URL, but we circulated to the corporate clients that we knew would be interested or we figured would be interested. And it was great because they started just placing orders directly on that web shop themselves, filling out mm. the info giving them their credit card number. So it essentially became e-commerce at that point. It just wasn't widely distributed and it wasn't a direct consumer model because it wouldn't have been appropriate. But again, it was health. We have a few sort of healthcare alliances or nurse, one's called Nurse Next Door and they do a franchise system that does in-home elder care. Mm. And then the Hollywood North clients have been great. And then a few security companies who were, you know, sending two or 3,000 guards out into the field and they had to have something. So yeah. yeah. And how about the, uh, like the corporate social responsibility side of it? Cause at first, like I know, you know, when, when face masks first became like a, a legitimate thing, like everybody, you know, like you said, it was just a rush, like people had to get something. So, you know, they were going with, uh, the disposables, you know, blanks, not decorated going with uh, single ply, you know, anything that they could find. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been quite the transition, you know, when, when we first started selling face masks, for instance, we were, um, you know, we were, we were right at the sort of, I guess, the end phase of the blank stuff. And, you know, so we sold hundreds of thousands of blank masks, but now like we can't, we can't give away a blank mask. I mean, there's just zero uh, requests coming in for blank. Everything's decorated. So uh, are you seeing that uh, up North as well? Yeah, definitely. And we've actually been able, we're very, very fortunate, I'd say, in the lower mainland. I've noticed this now being in this industry for 15, 20 years. In the lower mainland, because we've got such a great connection with uh, the Asian community, China, a ton of immigrant population coming here in the last 20 years and setting up embroidery factories, cut and sew factories, screen printing factories. Mm. Those are still here and they're doing fantastic work. So I've actually got a couple of factories right in town that are cutting and sewing masks here and then we're decorating them here. So it's, it's really working out well. The prices are okay. They're not amazing, but haven't had clients really balk at it. It, it is striking if you look at the price, say, versus one of these sublimated masks coming up uh, somewhere out of overseas. But then when you 
when you check the, the delivery dates and the problems with delivery right now, it's just much better. We can do a decorated mask here in four to six business days. So, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 I think, again, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why I would like to, you know, just make sure with, with everybody that's selling face masks right now, cause it's really, you know, the only business that's out there for the most part, uh, you know, you've really got to, you know, have a, a, a good secured source for that stuff where, you know, they're not having issues getting that stuff in. Cause you know, they, there's people, you know, that are only selling hard goods that are now all of a sudden trying to start selling soft goods, you know, like a face mask. And it's just, it, it, it it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, so when you're trying to export, you know, there's definitely been some of those, uh, situations come up where, you know, they haven't been able to get it through, but, um, Meg, what about you? Are you sort of seeing the same thing now with, uh, with what you're dealing with? Yeah, we we're bringing in a bunch of different, we have, I think 24 different masks now. They all can be printed. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we have 24 different kinds. I know Steven actually just reached out to me on Monday and he was like, these are the requirements. What do you have? And I'm like, well, this is what I have. So <laughs> we're sampling it out and make sure and we're quoting it out for them. Um, and Steven, are they all, they're all decorated, I would assume, right? Or no, yeah. they blank. Yeah, all decorated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're seeing that because it's a trend now with all the preschools starting to open back up for summer camps. And then in the fall, we're seeing a lot of, especially in the schools, the, oh man, kids are just germ factories. Like they are, they just, they are, we all have them. They're, they're germ factories. So, you know, they want to be covered and instead there's like so strict rules if, when they do come back, like no sharing, like how's that going to fly? <laughs> yeah. I but, can't wait. I can't wait to send mine back though. <laughs> me either. Me either. <laughs> Steven, are actually Steven yours aren't germ factories, are they? They're they're little no, angels. They're sweet little girls. <laughs> girls don't have germs, do they? Yeah. My my daughter went back to school last week and uh, she was pulling a lot of faces before she went back. Like oh, she quite liked having her little setup at home and everything. And the oh, wow. day she went back, she was so happy. Happy. Oh just loved I bet. it. She well, I will I will say related to the masks and the kids, kind of an aside here, but um you know, we had a, a birthday party at home yesterday for my, for my daughter. And, um, it was, it was awesome. We had a bunch of presents and stuff, but, what, uh, it was a sweet gift. Our, my mother-in-law actually made masks for the kids. And I thought that was super awesome. But then at the same time I was thinking about, it, I was like, it's a little sad. It is sad. It's, like it there's a little bit of sadness. It there. is. It's like, oh, I don't want to have to think about that. And my wife just went through the school today to do all the pickups and, uh, you know, they, say your name, you drive up, you open your trunk, they put all the kids stuff in the car and you drive off. And it's, that's the last day of school, you know, and there's, Aww. there's, there's some sadness to that. You know, it's just, it's a different world right now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. We haven't gotten there with it. We still have nine to 10 more days of school left. So <laughs> homeschooling. And that's the toughest part about this, I think, is trying to keep up with your work if you're working. Um, trying to manage the children, try to homeschool them and then keep up with your sanity and try to keep some type of schedule. And I think I did pretty good. And, and that was, oh, that was one thing we we're talking about our kids. Like Adeline hasn't left the house for the last 10, 12 weeks. So yeah. we did have two masks for her uh, and she didn't need them. But when we came down here, I made her wear them and I'm like, it's super cute, but that's also, it's sad that this is how they have to grow up, like without these freedoms that we had. And it's, to me, that's, what's a little heartbreaking. And well, it's not I how they have to have... grow up. Look, like let, let's. I know that that's, I know. it's a I'm, short period of time. But they're not going to grow up that way. Eventually, yeah, but it's something you remember. You know, it was something yeah. you remember. At, yeah. yeah, yeah. She did tell me I was her best friend. So, oh, you know, that's I'll worth it. That. That's a score. <laughs> I know. I'll take it. <laughs> now, Meg, you have a Canada tie with SNS. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Actually, in Techno. I'm probably these dates are probably wrong, but I want to say in January or maybe November, we we acquired an Acadian, uh, a Canadian company, Technosport. I met them in Vegas. They're a bunch of great guys. We've been working together. And when COVID hit, they were just literally dead in the water. Like, like we don't know what to do because they haven't transitioned all the way with SNS. And it was a weird time for them because they were kind of just sitting there. They couldn't go out and see customers. They couldn't do anything and they didn't really have anything. I, I sat with uh, Daniel and uh, a couple of the other guys and we did some training on just our products that they would be selling. And, and I was talking to them today and I think they're starting to open up. They were seeing that like about 70% of the small businesses were really going to be struggling. Um, and they said that the small businesses were the ones that were affected the most. Uh, I don't know how that is. I think maybe it's, we're seeing at both ends. If you didn't adapt and evolve into this PPE business, then no, nothing else was selling. I mean, I had one order of t-shirts that week that when it masks it. So if you weren't selling some sort of PPE, that's then you were going to be dead in the water. And I think they were feeling the pressure and they wanted to make, you know, make themselves look good too. Like, what do we what, give us something to do? You guys just bought us and we kept them on the payroll too. So they wanted to really earn their keep kind of, and, and they're just great guys. They really are. They all have been working so hard trying to, you know, make SNS proud and yeah. make, you know, that, make that's what I was, uh, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it's quiet up here. And I wonder if now would be a good time we could chat about what we hear from distributors and what distributors are having success sort of what style of distributorship is really us now? Because like I was saying at the start, this idea where we built our last 15 years around being here for creative agencies, marketing agencies, event agencies, and we're in like a trickle down position, right? Like if their clients are doing stuff, then we're doing stuff. Now that their clients aren't doing anything, we're not doing anything. And uh, we've just never really had that kind of strong blue collar type of client group who are in construction, manufacturing, major capital projects, uh, security companies. I wish now in hindsight, of course I had more diversity like that and we're, we're trying to pivot, but, and, and I, um, the friends I have in the industry in Canada, Vancouver, Toronto, we're all kind of similar styles of distributorships. So I don't know if anybody else has heard from more of these other types that might serve those groups, more blue collar type clients. And if though if they're buying, that'd be great. I have a feeling. Yeah, they are. They are. We're seeing that too. And and aside from the blue collar, like it is uh, logistics companies, mm -hmm. they need masks. They need the same old stuff. Um, and then we we kind of took some case studies and maybe I don't know if you guys are doing this too for the people that are buying. Um, putting little packages together so they can, they don't have to think about it. Like a t-shirt, a mask, a bag, all under $7. So we give those little kits to them that they can be like, Oh, you know what? When we do go back to work or let me send my employees a, a thank you gift or I'm thinking about you gift. And I know we were focusing a lot on work from home type kits to try to keep sales going, to try to boost sales in some areas. But um, we've just, I think everybody has to come to terms with, you know, we're in this industry for a reason. This is, our job. We were selected to, to be the brand ambassadors for our customers. And so it's really our, our jobs to make sure that their brands are doing well. So they might not be selling, but in the beginning, it wasn't the time it was a little insensitive to be like, Hey, let me show you the, the best new pair of socks I have or whatever. Yeah. But that's why in the beginning, I think it was really good to take that approach of, Hey, I'm here. I'm thinking about you. And then as the times change is, Hey, you want to do some training or you want to just check out some new products. And now we're actively saying, 
hey, this is who is buying. This is what you should be selling, X, Y, and Z. So we're, and we've kept up with the trends throughout this whole thing. And I think that's the way to survive through this. I mean, do you have any customers that are actually reaching out to you or are you guys doing all the reaching out? Rich, sorry. Honestly, a few, a few clients reach coming back. These, this is what I've noticed coming back in say the last three weeks. So the Hollywood North is really coming back and coming back strong. And tr what we traditionally sell that client group is crew gifts, right? So they wrap up a production and then they buy, like I said, with the Arnie thing, like 500 leather jackets or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're ages away from that style of business because they're just starting up again. Right, what right. they do need is they do need PPE. So that's been good. Good. We're seeing hospitality, food, Bev, restaurants, craft brewers reopen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've always been okay, uh, in, in, in marijuana production. There's a quite a few, it's licensed up here and it's, it's legal. Uh, so they've been selling marijuana in the past 90 days. Like, of course people are sitting home anyways, but <laughs> <laughs> you ride by the dispensaries here and the line is like three or four hours long. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we've been selling to them still. So those are all, all those are definitely, uh, really, really strong. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that kind of stuff for sure. Maple syrup. Is it still doing okay up there? <laughs> yeah. We'll always be selling maple syrup. Oh, and, thank God. That'd be uh, crazy if there's Bill a shortage. Petrie, for Bill Petrie, it's called Nanaimo Bar. Oh, crap. Nanaimo we were supposed to, we were can't supposed say to practice it. this. Yeah, he can't <laughs> say Nanaimo. it. No. No. Nai. 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 Mo. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I, I did have one last question because I know I know we've got to wrap up here, but I did yeah. have one last question. What What are the differences? You know, we have PPP you know, the payment protection plan that's down in here. That's a buzzword. What do you guys have up there? Is there something, there's a different overlap sure. uh, for businesses in Canada? Yeah. Well, I think everybody sort of knows generally that Canada has a pretty uh, intense tax structure system, right? And it's, it's has mm -hmm. a lot of social programs. So we've been, all of us, uh, business people and citizens paying taxes like crazy for years and years. Uh, and we believe in supporting are, you know, our fellow people and that's what the taxes are there for. When I don't think any of us really realize that eventually we could all benefit from this. And that's what's happened is that the government, the federal government has put in a bunch of programs to support small businesses. And I think, I know I have taken advantage of them and I think people yeah. are. And uh, yeah, it's legitimate. It's not like we're gaming the system. These <laughs> things are, you know, like we paid into they're these offered. taxes. Yeah, for, yeah they're offered. Money. Yeah. So they do have a number of different things. They have things for people who had to be laid off. So I had to lay off someone and there's a Aww. whole program for people who had to be laid off. There's rent support programs. Um, we own our commercial space, so that doesn't apply to us, but there's tons of people obviously who rent commercial space and there's mm -hmm. certain things, supports in place for them. And uh, we do have a wage subsidy program, which is really great. And I have taken advantage of that too and applied on behalf of myself as an employee and the other employees. So we've got a lot of, a lot of programs here. There's one other thing I just want to share with briefly with you guys that I, again, I waited weeks and thought about, you know, do I want to pivot to this? But uh, I did do a direct consumer website and it's been, I just threw up the virtual oh, background, cool. a couple of t-shirts we designed and it's been really, really, really well received. So again, I, I thought, well, I have sold direct to consumer before. It's a lot of work to package up one t-shirt and <laughs> ship it. But I thought, you know what? I'm sitting here all day long. I'm not doing much. Wanted to play on, <laughs> right? Wanted to play on Shopify. Had never really had a chance to play on Shopify. So we launched this store and we chose our provincial health officer. Her name's Bonnie Henry um, because she'd be like your top state health official. And she's done mm. a really great job here. We've had very low, low 167 deaths total in the province wow. of 4 million people. 
wow. uh, over the entire period and very low cases. So anyways, I thought, and she seemed to have a really great fan following. So we designed this shirt, put it up and we sold almost $6,000 worth of t-shirts. That's amazing. Awesome. And that's one, that is the one thing I was going to say, the e-commerce side of things has, has done very, very well. I mean, I find myself shopping all the time and I'm like, I'm, and I'm also supporting my customers. So I really have found that's a good way to go. It really was smart. Yeah. It's a great, and, and I do recommend anytime I'm talking to any of my colleagues in the business, I say, if you can find a niche and put some, because of course, every time we ship one of these t-shirts, I'm stuffed full of info on my business because I'm hoping yeah. that somebody opens the t-shirt and goes, Oh shoot, you know, our company could really use something like this or whatever. Right. So, smart. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So I know we're not going to be stuck at home forever, but while we are, we still need like a really good, uh, like drinkware line, right? Like, do you guys know any, any idea where we might be able to Does anything keep like stuff really cold like Canada? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I think they look, might even have be, like sippy wine glasses. I heard it can be hot like and wine. It can be hot like Mex like Mexico, you know, maybe your coffee, cafe de olla, or, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe you can get, you know, something ice cold, like a nice Canadian Molson, right? Molson golden. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So uh, listen, I, I think Turbis might be the way to go, right? Uh, so Turbis yeah. added a stainless line uh, to their well-established uh, line about two years ago, uh, basically with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree UV printing. Uh, they're available in four sizes, 12-ounce, 20-ounce, 30-ounce, and even a 24-ounce water bottle. You get a five-year warranty on those bad boys, 18-8 copper-lined, vacuum-insulated, eight hours of hot, like Mexico, 24 hours of cold, like Canada. <laughs> like Canada. <laughs> that was good. That was there good. There you go. Turbis Check them out for more information. Uh, any closing remarks from any of you fine folks today? I have one last thing. Rich, have you seen Goonies? Of course I've seen Goonies. <laughs> of course. There you go. Hey, Meg, have uh, you seen Anchorman? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I have parts of it. <laughs> Meg, I'm That's- such a Goonies fan. I even drove my Volkswagen van down to Astoria, Oregon and visited all the filming sites and oh. totally nerded out. And it was That's cool. awesome. That is cool. That is except, so cool. Except when the band broke down. So but Bill Petrie awesome. chimes in and he says that it's pronounced Nanamo. <laughs> right. <laughs> True life story. My family and I went to Hawaii in the mid 80s and we went into a small bakery and there was... Nanaimo bars sitting on the shelf. And I thought, that's so weird. <laughs> and I said to the guy, can I have one of those? And he said, oh, you mean the Nanaimo bars? And I said, yeah, <gasps> Nanaimo bars. So they're even in Hawaii. Yeah, awesome. very nice. Very cool. All right. Well, with that being said, I think we're going to close this puppy down. But uh, Rich, we really thank you for being here and giving us a little bit of perspective on Canada and, and sort of how things have affected, uh, you know, our Northern brethren. And uh, obviously, you know, we're all in this together and I think we're fighting the same fight and hopefully we can get over this thing uh, sooner rather than later as we're starting to reopen. Hopefully we won't see too much of a rebound in, in cases and we can put this behind us and get back to normal, uh, normal promotional product business. Yeah. A. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Take off hosers. Take off hosers. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.